Kunda now. Aaron Kunda! Oh, he's done it! In the ninth minute of stoppage time! So, Victor Lindelof to put Manchester United into the FA Cup final. Already winners of the EFL Cup, and he's done it! It's a Manchester derby here in June. The difference, one penalty kick. And they're pushing forward again. Oh, they've done it again. It's Isaac. An instant double strike. Two in two minutes for the Swede. Tottenham fans already heading for the train home. And now Mickey and McLaren. It's Jamie McLaren's night. He is the all-time leading goal scorer in A-League history. Hello again, good to have you with us for another edition of the Global Game with me, Simon Hill and Alex Brosk. We are at the business end of the football season and there's plenty to talk about tonight. Coming up, we'll review round 25 of the A-League men, including that crazy eight-goal thriller in Perth and how the Wanderers turned on the style against Wellington. The Mariners secure a home final with an F3 derby win. Two-goal hero Sammy Silvera joins us on the show. We look ahead to the Liberty A-League Grand Final. Golden Boot winner Hannah Keane is with us to assess whether Western United can win it in their first year. Alicia Carnabas on whether it will be third time lucky, though, for Sydney FC. Spencer Pryor on the chaos engulfing Spurs and an all-Manchester FA Cup final. And Paul Williams with Football Asia as King Kazu continues his Peter Pan-like career at the age of 56. It's all to come between now and 11 o'clock on The Global Game right here on SEN. Yeah, good to have your company this Tuesday night. Of course, as ever, we've got a T-shirt to give away bearing the visage of myself and my co-host Alex Bross to the best caller or tweeter or texter. So give us a call, 1300 01 1170. Send us a text, 0457 736 736. Or you can tweet us at Global Game SEN. Uh, very good evening to the two Alexes, Brosk and Molchanov. How are we, guys? Very good. Simon, Alex? Very, very well. Happy to be back. We're back in our own old studio yeah. today, Simon. So a nice little return to our it original is. home. It's, it's, back to it's a very smaller, nostalgic. Home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, before we start, my apologies for my team beating yours in the FA Cup semi-final. Oh, you can't apologise for all that money you have and all the quality <laughs> that comes with it, can you? I mean, congratulations. No. Early morning. <laughs> look, I, I'm looking forward to that game it's going to be a beauty isn't it a Manchester derby yeah. and an FA Cup for the first time ever first time ever is it really yeah, yeah. Wow. So. we had a cup semi-final against each other I was there in 2011 at Wembley which <clears throat> we won 1-0 thanks to Yaya Torre but yeah this will be the first ever final so it'll be quite an occasion yeah. I think mm. um, Broski your uh, your club Sydney FC got through to the women's grand final again they did, they did, um, and over their big rivals, Melbourne Victory as well. So I thought I was a bit nervous, especially after the last couple of grand finals, um, and just Melbourne Victory in general in those games, having yeah. having it over Sydney in the last couple of years. But the girls did did well. It was uh, it was a last uh, you know late late sort of winner, but 
fantastic scenes. And now they can try and win it for the first time. Mm. <laughs> well, they've been in the last six A-League yeah. women grand finals, yeah. which is incredible, but they've lost the last two against victory. Can I talk about Ante Juric? Because Please we had do. that text about him last yep. week. Is he someone that we should be looking at for higher honours? I mean, you know, to win three, you know, we've talked about how great it is for City to do that, but Sydney have done it on the women's side in a part-time mm. competition, which mm. is, well, you know, semi-professional. Aren't they still a high school teacher in yeah. his spare time? That's quite a remarkable achievement, is it? You know, and he he was combining the job with, uh, with running Sydney the men's Olympic. team at Sydney Olympics. Yeah. Not doing that anymore, mm. um, but because it's probably just all got too much for him. But uh, yeah, it, it's extraordinary, perhaps, that he's he's not been looked at for a job maybe in the men's competition signed, or national teams. Signed on for two more years at Sydney FC, yeah. so that's great for that club. Yeah, I just yeah. think he's got so much to offer Australian football. I, I agree. I think he's definitely done a great job. And even just in, in balancing that, you know, do, doing the, the Sydney Women's Sydney Olympic as well um, would be difficult in itself. But he's he's done a great job. I mean, consistently getting the girls to the final, mm. um, playing good football. So, look, I, I guess it probably comes down in, in some way to him, whether, you know, if he's happy uh, with what he's doing there with the women. He's obviously re-signed and, and seems to be. Um, so yeah. All that's missing. Is that grand final mm. win? And we'll find out if they can do that against uh, Western United this weekend. Plenty more on that game to come later on in the show. But uh, for now, we're going to kick on with Starter for Five. Question one, Alex Bross. The football ashes have been found. Yeah. This is an extraordinary story. Isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, is it time to instigate a yearly series with the Kiwis with the trophy at stake or... There are now too many games, and this is one step we don't need to take. You know what? I I love the idea of it. I, I'm I'm not big on say your, your gimmicky games and things, one-off things. But I, in reading this story, there was something about it that just go. And I love history and and all this sort of thing. And and I thought, you know what? I mean. <sighs> If they could find a way to bring it back, I know, especially on this sort of weekend as well, the Anzac weekend. I know yeah. that I don't think there's a, well, there's obviously not a, a FIFA break, but maybe something where you get all the, you know, Australian A League players yeah. against an Australian New, Ze uh, sorry, New Zealand A League players and play in in, in an Ashes type uh, yeah. match and and possibly even you know have a have a break that weekend for that one game and make a big thing out of it. I think it'd be great. In case you're unaware, this trophy has been found after being missing for the best part of 70 years. It was found when uh, clearing out the possessions of the son of Sid Story, who died recently. And there it was in a box. And historians like Trevor Thompson, Ian Sison in particular, have devoted an awful lot of time, resources and money and energy to try and find this trophy. And finally, it's turned up. It's extraordinary. It is, it is. And it's it's so important for the game in this country because mm. it's a link to World War One, yeah. and and evidence that the game was played even before the first international uh, played by the Socceroos, before they were even called the Socceroos. And, of course, we all know that the, the heritage of the game goes back even a lot longer than that. The first game played in 1875 in Goodna in Queensland. And yet the perception in this country persists that this is a new game. Mm a recent arrival. So this is so important. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And look, the other codes, they do it well. You know, they, Well, they they've claimed of, that narrative. Yeah, yeah exactly. And right. football has been excluded from that. Mm. And this is a good uh, reminder that our game was part of that as well. Yeah. And as Trevor Thompson and Ian Tyson and others have pointed out, you know, football suffered a lot as well as the other codes during that uh, conflict because we lost an awful lot of players. Mm. 
but our role in that conflict and the Anzac legend has sort of been forgotten about or pushed to the side, mm. as with so many other parts of our history. <laughs> so this is a good mm. find. And I think we should have a regular series against the Kiwis, definitely, with that trophy at stake. Um, question two, Alex Moltinov. Brisbane Raw to implement a supporters' advisory council. A good first step to restoring trust or no, much too late, that relationship is bust. Well, you've got to start somewhere, don't yeah. you? And I think Chris Fong has been more forward-facing in the last six months than he's been in his entire tenure at Brisbane Raw. I think that's a good start. These are not fix-alls, but they are steps towards Baby steps. reconciliation. So yeah. it's great to have the council. Now, how seriously, Lee, are you listening to the council? How much input are they having into the club? Yeah. How much say are they being given... Uh, when the big decisions are being made at Brisbane Raw. Because I can assure you some of the decisions that have been made over the last 12, 18 months, if that had been there and been consulted properly, uh, would not have been taken as mm. they have been. Mm. And that club might be in a very, very dis different position to the one it is now. I, I guess the counter-argument to that, and I'm not saying I agree with this, I'm just playing devil's advocate yep. for a moment here, is that the businessmen who run and pay for the club and look, to be fair, whatever you think of the backeries, uh, you know, they, they put a lot of money into yeah. that club. They've kept it going when nobody else probably would have mm -hmm. done in mm -hmm. Brisbane. Um, why should they, you know, listen to you? You don't give, if you, if you run a, a washing machine company, you exist to, you know, try and make some money and do the best product that you can, but you don't necessarily put one of your customers on the board, do you? No, but I think it's. I mean, it's. But football's a bit different. Football is different, and, yeah. and football is about the fans, and we want them, you know, showing up in numbers. And I think if if there isn't that connect there, um, and you don't give them a voice when it comes to, I wouldn't say making this, you know, decisions. Um, it's good to but consult being them. a part of it, exactly yeah. right, and letting them know what's happening. Um, you know, so you get a different perspective, uh, I think. And I, I think this is great. I think it's important, but you're right. I mean, how much will they listen? Can I make one more point sure. before we move off it? Who is on that advisory council will be interesting as yeah. well. Because How do they, they choose it? Well, and there's <laughs> been a split. There's been divisions within no. the Brisbane Raw supporters. Who would, have thought, who would have thought? I don't Who would have it. thought? So <laughs> who actually gets onto that advisory council will be interesting oh, to lordy, see as well. Lordy, yeah. lordy, lordy. Only in Australian football. Uh, question three, <laughs> Alex Bross. Jamie McLaren breaking the early goal scoring record. He deserves to be recognised with the best ever award or no? Still Damian Mori for most go most goals across the board. Um, oh, look, you know me. I, I don't like to compare players from different generations. I, I don't think there needs to be, you know, one single greatest player or greatest uh, goal scorer. I think they, they two different styles of football, yeah. two different eras. Uh, diff you know, everything was different back then to what it is now. So I, I don't like to compare. I think Damian Mori was the greatest goal scorer of his generation. Jamie McLaren undoubtedly the greatest of his current generation and and it'll be a while before we see someone do what he's done in terms of the goal scoring yeah. records but that's it i think yeah. that's uh Pe people like to have these debates though don't they i mean you, you can never you know it's the old pele or maradona argument so you'll, Messi, you'll never right? resolve different it. generations yeah, yeah you, you you can't but you're right it draw it it's uh something to talk about it gets people Fired up. Fired up. <laughs> okay. Uh, question four, Alex Molchanoff. Let's see if you get fired up about this one. Football Australia implementing the National Second Division, the APL going down the road of expansion. Two paths that I, are diametrically opposed or two approaches that will lead to the same goal. I couldn't find anything that rhymed with no, opposed. No, no. <laughs> we'll take that. Um, 
Well, they're definitely aiming towards the same goal. Whether they lead to that is a different story. I think when you're talking about more teams, you're talking about more professional opportunities uh, for players, which I think is the first thing that we've identified as the issue in this country that we need to conquer to take us above and beyond. The critical thing in this is how they all work together and whether the National Second Division is given that path into the A-League mm. with the with the expansion or whether the APL view that as a, a way in which they can sort of dampen the um, discussion around promotion or relegation in the short term. I don't think that'll ever go away. I think that's a, a conversation that's only going to get louder and louder. And if the Second Division um, is successful, which we all hope it will be, then I think at the end of the day, it's just going to offer more opportunities. Now, whether that dilutes your supporter base, whether that dilutes the sponsorship opportunities that you're mm. going for, I think that's another question. I mean, we could record half an hour about this, but I'll I get your takes on I get, it. I guess at some point it, it will be nice. And I know, look, I know that the APL wanted to run the, the A-League competition. That's completely okay. They, they mm. do that now. But for the for the health of the game overall, it would be nice at some point to see some sort of joint strategy on, yeah. on the on you know the unity. structure of, of the club game in mm -hmm. Australia. At the moment, we, we've got the football Australia setting up the national second tier, as we say. We've got the APL going down the road of expansion. Um, it'd be nice to know that at some point in the future, there's there's a a joint plan. Yeah, absolutely, and that they're working together towards, yeah. like you said, the, an ultimate goal of you know having. Yes, the expansion is great, but we do want. I mean, this country has to go towards promotion relegation as soon as yeah. we can. Uh, yeah. That's what will take our our game to another level. I totally think. agree. Uh, question five: Alex Bross, the retirement of Alessandro Diamante that came through today up there with Del Piero, Barisha, Castro, and Broich as best import in recent years, or not quite in the same category? I fear. Ooh, it, it, there's different categories, right? <laughs> I, I look at your Barishas, Broish, I'd put Ninko in that yes. category of guys who, you know, I mean, single-handedly dominated matches, seasons, um, won championships and trophies with their clubs and did it consistently over a period of time. I think Diamante has been great in, in moments. He obviously had that season, his first season, where he was player of the year. But I don't know if I put him on the same category as, as them. Look, I think, and it could be, as harsh as it sounds, the fact that he's at Western United and, and you know, the crowds haven't been great there and, and you know, the club is is where it is at the moment, still mm. in its growing phase. If, if he was somewhere else, potentially I think that's it'd positive. be different. Yeah. But, you know, even with Del Piero, I think, um, you know, Del Piero is someone who he, he changed, he brought status and profile he league, transcended right? the sport. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't even put him on the field um, in the same category as your Broish, Barisha and, and Ninko. I think what he did was something different. Diamante was an all-rounder, great guy to have. Fantastic to see him playing with, you know, a smile on his face all the time. And uh, a shame that he's leaving, but age gets us all, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I think he turns 40 in May. But to be honest, I, I have to say, I, I just think we've we've probably not made enough of no, Alessandro no. Diamante because he is such a character yeah. away from the football field. I mean, he's, he's so damn good on the pitch. We know that. Mm. Uh, but off the field, maybe if he had played for a Sydney FC or a Western Sydney Wanderers or, you know, Melbourne mm. Victory. And, of course, Victory wanted him back in the day. Yeah. And, and bizarrely at the time, Football Federation Australia, as was... Uh, decided that he wasn't a big enough star to invest marquee funding in, which uh, seems bizarre now, looking back. But at the time, obviously, you don't know that. Uh, that is our starter for five. We're uh, going to head off to a quick break. On the other side of it, we will do 
our review of A-League Round 25 back soon.